This is episode 143 with Erica Fay. You're tuned in to Forever Athlete Radio, where together we go far. I'm your host, Corey Camp, former Division I swimmer, Forever Athlete founder, and your personal flow coach, helping you optimize your life one conversation at a time. Remember, you can call or text in, join us on the show at 301 747 0718. You can leave reviews, feedback, or questions you want answered on the show because we got your back. Today, I am joined by Erica Fay, and we are talking all things maximizing the power of your mind. Erica is the founder of Maximum Achievement Coaching and is someone who is really passionate about helping athletes really create their ideal results on and off the field for even more freedom fulfillment, and prosperity in their life. She comes from a background as a certified life mastery consultant, licensed psychotherapist, and success coach with over 20 years of experience in the coaching space. On top of all that, Erica has completed over 30 marathons to date in her life. She doesn't plan on stopping anytime soon. We break that down, really the mindset behind that today. She's an all-around beast, so let's dive into it with her. Well, Erica, welcome. How are we feeling today? How, welcome Thank to you. Forever Athlete Radio. Um, it's so one of the exciting. first. Yeah, you're one of the first guests that I've had with this rebrand. So I'm excited to welcome you onto the show. How are you feeling? Chicago's in a, a good spot right now. That sweet spot of not too hot, not too cold, right? Yeah, it was great. So um, I was, I think I was telling you earlier, like it's just it makes running so much more like enjoyable to not have there be 92% humidity. Um, so this morning on my 16 mile run, I was like, this is awesome because I could breathe and it was like a completely different experience. So yeah, it's, it makes a big difference when it's like 68 degrees and like, you know, no humidity versus like 80 and 92%. So, I love so I'm that. great. <laughs> I love it. You slip it. Yeah. Like this morning on the 16 mile run that I did, <laughs> just a casual, or do you usually hit your longer runs on Fridays? I take it. Yes. That's why I have it scheduled just because I feel like it's easier for my family. Cause I have a two-year-old. So I get up at the crack of dawn and run in the dark for a while and then uh, watch the sun come up over the lake, which is actually quite beautiful every single time. So I, it's one of the things I love to do. It's kind of kind of therapeutic for me yeah how did you get there how did you get to that point of running 16 miles on a Friday morning because <laughs> I feel like most people listening in they're like well that sounds awesome I would love to yeah. do that <laughs> but I can't for a variety of reasons so how with a two-year-old with all the things that you do yeah you I think that's a good that question way? I mean I'm definitely not the master at being in the energy that I want to be in all the time. And I think mm -hmm. that kind of like, we're going to speak to that a little bit in a little bit, but, um, you know, really just having a clear uh, vision of like what's important. And so I have like a few pillars, like one, my family two my business and three, my health and fitness goals. Um, and so part of, and, and I think any one of those three, if things are out of whack, I just don't feel right. Um, and so I've been experimenting with what works and I've found that because I don't technically see clients on Friday. So I'm, mm. I'm supposed to be with my son um, and he's actually napping right now, but um, that's why I get up Fingers early. Crossed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but yeah, that's why I get it up, get it out of the way on Friday mornings. So um, it's kind of a nice, like, oh, this is the start to my weekend and nobody bothers me and I'm by myself. And, and I mean, I see other runners on the path, but it is like a little Zen zone for me. So I kind of, I've always been alert, kind of an early riser. So mm -hmm. it just is an easy fit. I'm with you there. Do you think that stems from the, the swimming world kind of genetically like pushing you to be Hey, 4.30, like, let's go, it's time. <laughs> I think so, I think so, because, yeah, I mean, I remember the alarm going off, you know, for, and just, con I can't, as far back as I can remember, I don't even think, I remember, like, in high school, even being like, okay, well, what do I have to do tomorrow, and even in the summer, knowing that, like, well, we have pool time at six, so I've got to go to bed, like, I'm not going to stay up until two in the morning, mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I think it probably got wired in pretty early. I was about to say you're bringing back some uh, PT PTSD memories of <laughs> summer swim, and I always joked with my friends. They were like, "Yeah, summer's the best time of year." I was like, "Are you kidding?" That for like for swimming, that meant six days a week of morning practice. Like yeah. it got more intense. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and I think at one point we were doing three days, which was a little crazy. And then I would be teaching swim lessons, so I was constantly in the pool, which. I mean, I loved it, but it's just, it was a lot. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. I was about to say you were, you were saying pre-recording that, you know, pool time doesn't excite you like it once did anymore. Mm -hmm. um, talk me through that. Like how, knowing what you know now about yeah. like mental burnout and executive, like all the executive coaching you do, how would you, would you approach it any differently? I guess is the real question. Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, I think when I was doing it, I just was like, oh, well, this is what's required. And mm -hmm. like, I didn't really question it at all. Um, and I have to say, I do appreciate all of the lessons that I've learned by means of that structure. And like we were just speaking to, like getting up early and, and having that just be how I operate. Um, but I will say, there does seem to be a little bit of an element. And then I think you spoke to this, like a force or like, mm. I'm being, I'm being forced to do this. And so even when I'm in like a pool by myself or about to start a workout, um, yeah, I'm bringing to mind like training for the Ironman because then I was required to swim because I was training for a race. Mm -hmm. um, it felt different when I was at the pool, like required to do a certain workout um, to get you know, the workout in or whatever. So I know, it, and I know that marathon training is the same thing, but it just feels a little different, I guess, because I haven't, I never really had like a rigid structure around running. I always just kind of was able to do whatever I wanted, wanted to do around it. Um, yeah. So it's a little different. But I say it's, I found it's so nice, like when it's on your terms. Yes. <laughs> if, if, and that's what I think I see oftentimes with runners and like the, the ultra endurance mm -hmm. community, especially it's like all of those people are there for them. It's yeah. not a, it's not an industry or a sport where there's a ton of prize money in it. Yeah. Um, most of those people there are just doing it because it's thoroughly something that they enjoy. And I think that's really the secret to like, having unlimited motivation, right? Like that's what yeah. we're all after. How yeah. have you shifted in those points in your life, like the Ironman training, especially, um, 
so when you notice those feelings of um, feeling forced to do this, when I guess really the, the question I'm curious of is how have you balanced like forcing through it? Because mm-hmm. you quote unquote have to for a training regimen to be prepared and learning to kind of honor that intuition, honor that inner voice that's saying, hey, like, I don't want to do this right now. Yeah. Well, I think that's like the million dollar question, right? (laughs) It's like, well, and and I think all athletes deal with this too, because it's like, what's too much to push my body through? Mm -hmm. Um, Where's that line where it's like, this is no longer serving you, or this is going to create injury or so I, I think it's a constant practice and like checking in and also even that allowing like um, giving, giving myself permission to maybe not do exactly what I set out to do. Like, I don't know, last week um, I was with a friend and wound up having a weird reaction to like some food and we were supposed to run 10 miles in the morning. And as I was like in the bathroom throwing up, which is probably way too much information, <laughs> I was like, and it was like two o'clock in the morning and I'm like, oh gosh, the run. And I'm like, you know what? I'm giving myself permission to not do this run if I don't feel up for it in the morning. And, and I made a game time decision and I felt up for it. So I did it. But like, I think just having that permissive attitude versus like, well, what's on the schedule? I got to do it. Um, for me, that changes the energy a lot around it. Um, and also shifting to like the long-term, which I'm sure you know everyone is familiar with in this yeah. community is like, okay, well, what is this gonna, you know, this is gonna set me up for my long-term goal. So it's like you sacrifice the lesser to gain the greater kind of thing. Yeah, I think the biggest thing you touched on there without directly saying it was just the ability to give yourself grace. Yeah. And that's something I think so many athletes struggle with, right? Like what is grace? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that growing up. It, totally. it was just, man, I'm not having a good day. I need to <laughs> try harder yeah. and, try, and, and keep forcing it and keep forcing it versus giving yourself the permission mm-hmm. to respectfully say, hey. And it's funny because even there in that scenario of your feeling sick and still getting your run in, mm-hmm. because I think you gave yourself grace, you were able to to yes. create this and also rather mm-hmm. than so many ath- athletes I think look at life with this either or because right. we were conditioned for so long yeah. right of well I can't stay up until 2 a.m going mm-hmm. out because mm-hmm. I have practice so it was this either or this trade-off right. and I, I like too how you brought up the bigger picture like how does that fit in to the bigger picture I'm big on helping people just look at, at trends overall and better that we can zoom out and see like, okay, this one instant, yeah, it's not going to matter if you have the piece of cake today or yeah. the cookie or the pizza or miss your workout. Mm-hmm. It will matter if that's the consistent trend that we're seeing yes. in the yeah. long run. Um, how have you stayed on track and make sure that you're giving yourself grace, but not falling into that trap of like getting lazy? Because that's, I think, what we're all trying to avoid. Oh, totally. And I think that's, that's a challenge too. And like when you're speaking, and I love that you brought up the word grace, because I use that a lot with within my language with clients. And, but I notice I think the reason why it's a theme is because it's something that's on my growing edge that I'm not always practiced at giving myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, 
you know, it's just so interesting because when, when you think about, I don't know, I might be taking this in a little bit of a different direction with your question, but if you think about like your physical body and how it shows up for each of us, especially athletes, I mean, it's amazing that any of us can really walk upright and like, you know, if we get like get tripped that we don't fall, you know, like mm -hmm. if you really think about like how the precision of the physical body, it's pretty amazing. Um, and I think it can be really easy, especially, and I know I'm speaking to this because this was my experience, like getting mad at my body if it wasn't doing what I wanted it to do, or like, um, you know, if I was injured being like, oh, stupid foot or, you know, whatever mm -hmm. it was. Um, you know, and, and like shifting that relationship, I think, and, and zooming out, like you were saying, but also looking at all the ways, like the body shows up for you and, um, really celebrating that. I think that's one way to give yourself some grace. And mm -hmm. then, you know, if you're looking at like habits and trends and, and, and I think that's really a powerful and important thing to take a, a look at also, and one of the things that I always like to just check in with myself and my clients about is, is what you're doing, like going to lead you to what you would love, what, what you're you know working towards, or is this more of an old pattern that, you know, doesn't serve you anymore? Um, and, and a lot of that is like thought trains, um, which I know you mm. are, you know, a big <laughs> proponent of and like recognizing. Um, and so I think when we notice when the first tool is like to really start to notice what you're noticing like what are you thinking about the injury or what are you thinking about the piece of cake or you know because i think if the, you know there's discipline which is required for your your accomplishment of your goal and your vision and at the same time too much discipline without any joy and fun um that defeats the whole purpose because it's never, and I think that this is sometimes a hard thing for people to really wrap their minds around. I know it was hard for me too. It's like, it's not necessarily about the destination and this sounds cliche, but mm -hmm. really it's like every moment we have an opportunity to decide, are we gonna enjoy our life or are we not gonna enjoy our life? And that sounds super simplistic and I know it's not that simple, um, but I think when we're when we're talking about like, I don't know. I'm just trying to think about myself. Like when I, you know, make a decision to eat a cookie or, you know, have several cookies, not just one. I, and if, a, if that part comes in, that's like, eh, this, this is all the sugar and you know what sugar does to your body and because it, it triggers it. Mm -hmm. um, I have to like catch myself and just, you know, say, you know what, this is a decision like I make it a decision. This is a decision. So I'm going to enjoy this. Not like, oh, I slipped up or, oh, this is taking me off track, but like, this is a decision. So like, you know, I think that is where you can take the power back because mm -hmm. then it's like an empowered place. No, I decided. And granted, you want to always be looking how many decisions are you making that are serving your longer term goal or serving your vision, serving the person who you want to be, um, because I think that's a really important, like true north too, is um, that who do you want to be and how do you want to be and who do you, how do you want to show up in the world? Um, so that deciding and, and checking in, like are most of my decisions in alignment with that or mm -hmm. are, am I saying I want something, but doing something completely different? I think that's an important thing to shine the light of awareness on.
Yeah. I mean, so many things come to mind. The first visual I have is like almost like a scoreboard in place. Yeah. And it's like, all right, you can slip up. You can have things outside of your control happen. That's going to be on one column and then in the other. Like, what are you actively deciding to be proactive instead of reactive to what life is throwing at you? And if we can put enough wins in our column that we really want to be striving for, then we're going to be in a good spot. Doesn't mean that these other things aren't going to still happen from time to time. Um, right. in our life. I, I like that a lot. I'm trying to remember my other train of thought there that <laughs> I had going on. Um, I think it sounds simple, but it's not easy. It's a practice, right? Like, especially yeah. if you're a goal-driven person, which most, most athletes are or have been at some point in their life um, and kind of looking for what's next and, and something else that just ignites the fire again. Um, mm -hmm. I think, you know, without a clear direction, it could be easy to get kind of lost in the monotony of absolutely routines or your <laughs> habits knowing how to work hard but also having a direction to apply those efforts to makes a lot of difference the other mm -hmm. thought just came back to me you mentioned awareness and mm -hmm. i always say awareness is fantastic but it can be really really frustrating to your point there like i remember <laughs> days in the pool where I was like, why am I going so damn slow? Yeah. My body knows what to do and it's just not doing it. Why is it not executing? So awareness can be a really frustrating thing. How have you worked through one, you know, the importance of cultivating awareness, but then harnessing that awareness in a way that serves you towards that ultimate North star, that ultimate goal in your life. What did, what practices have you kind of adapted to make sure you're using it so it's not making you frustrated and banging your head against the wall? Yeah, I think that's also a really great question. Um, I mean, everything that everything that I do, and this is something that I found to be so powerful for my own life, and mm. and this is I'm, how I teach my clients to kind of use these tools as well. I have like a vision for what I want my entire life, not just my business, but like my relationship quadrant and my freedom quadrant and my health quadrant. So having that full spectrum vision, because that, that really is like, for me, that's my true North. And I feel mm -hmm. like when you can get clarity on that, um, that makes the day-to-day -day decisions a lot easier. Um, and I feel like I just got off track with, with your question, but like with the vision, when you're coming from the vision, you can kind of reverse engineer it. Like, well, what is the person, let's say this all worked out and the person in my vision, you know, I'm, I'm already living that life. Like I've got whatever the business, I've got the dream home. I've got, I'm serving the clients I want to serve. I've got the family, I've got the, you know, vacation time, all of these things. Um, and that's where you kind of ask like, well, how is she or he being or they, mm -hmm. how, how are they being? So like, do they wake up in the morning and feel stressed and like go from one thing to another? So like trying that on and, and getting clear on like what that person is like on a day-to-day -day basis and what they tune their attention to. And, you know, so some of the themes come up for me is like grateful, relaxed, 
um, happy, fun, joyful, you know, all of those like feelings. Um, and then, then kind of coming back to the present moment, I could generate those right now in my current mm. circumstances. Um, and that's kind of the practice of, you know, using the vision as like a true North um, and then being it now. So it's like, you know, I think most of us are trained in the like, um, what have, do, be, but it's yeah. actually be, do, have, like be the person that, you know, is the champion or, you know, do it now. Like, what are they thinking? What are they feeling? How are they operating with other people? Um, that kind of thing. And then um, start taking action from that space. Like, well, as the generous, you know, heart-centered, you know, whatever it is, mm -hmm. um, this is the type of decision I make. And so it really helps with kind of like guardrails for your decisions. And we can tune to what's in alignment a lot faster if we have a clear vision of what's, you know, of what we would love. And, and I think that love question too is another kind of it's a loaded one. that I could go on. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll pause. <laughs> no, I, I, what I'm noticing and really hearing as you're speaking through a lot of this stuff, uh, you're really good at not just replacing athletics with just the business. Mm. I think that's the, the trap that a lot of athletes fall into, especially during that transition phase. It's what yeah. I really fell into for a while was, well, I knew how to single track towards one goal and one goal only and do it really, yeah. really well. And so when swimming was taken away, it said, okay, I'm going to refinance mortgages really, really, really well. I'm going to be the yeah. best at that. And then <laughs> nine months in, I was not happy. I had poor relationships, poor relationship with myself, all this, all this stuff. And what I'm noticing with you, I love the language that you're using because even with the way that you're listing things, it's like, the family quadrant first and then the business mm. and then the health and wellness it's like you're very clear on prioritizing how did you get to that point of understanding these are my this is the stack of which i truly value almost like be do have how did you flip the script in a way that serves you the way it is today uh, at least i'm picking up on noticing well thank you for that i appreciate that and i think I can totally relate to what you're saying. Cause I know for a long time I was in that force energy and I'll be fully transparent. I'm, I don't even know how old I am. I'm 48, I think <laughs> either 47 or 48. So I mean, I've been at this for a little longer, um, but I, I honestly can reflect back. Cause I, when I started my like professional career. I went, I, I am a licensed therapist. So I started working in a bunch of different settings as a therapist. And I worked in a bunch of like underserved, like foster care, community mental health. And the paradigm was kind of like, you just burn yourself out. And it's not about mm -hmm. your self-care. It's about the clients. But then like, as I zoom out and as I can look at it now, I'm like, well, wait, if I was like not doing well myself, how am I going to help anybody else? So it was almost like a, um, 
I mean, there was one point in my life, I will say, I was actively experiencing secondary trauma from all of, mm. I was working with kids who were um, in foster care and many of them had been sexually abused. And the first time they were talking about their sexual abuse, it was during therapy with me. And so I started to get to the point where I wasn't even working and I would be experiencing these stories that they told me. And I'm like, this is not, this is not okay. Like that, you know, having compassion and empathy. And I think when you're an empath, you can easily be penetrated by all that. But anyway, this is a long kind of answer to your question is that there were a lot of stops and starts along the way. And I really, every single day have to continue to remind myself of that old paradigm. Like, let me just sacrifice myself for everything Mm -hmm. else that doesn't serve me and eventually won't serve my partner. It won't serve my son. And I don't want to be that example for him. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's a powerful motivator for me, but I will definitely say there was a lot of not it's along the way. And I'm still not perfect at it. I have to catch myself all the time because my go-to kind of programmed setting is that force, like make this happen, do this thing. And it's, I know when I'm slipping into it and it's really hard for me to stop it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's tough when that's your, your conditioning for mm-hmm. years and years and years and talk about the duality of athletics obviously it has a great ben- amount of benefits to it um, yeah. but then there's also the dark side of it as well like well I'm not feeling well today but the team needs me so I'm gonna like yeah. I'm gonna drag myself there and like do do the thing and yeah. you notice if you continued that trend <laughs> into your professional setting that doesn't, it can be quite heavy, especially when you're dealing with everything that you were dealing with as a therapist. Like that's not light stuff. It's not someone saying, Hey, I had a bad day. It's Mm -hmm. it's deeper than that. How have you set boundaries since then in the practice that you now have and keeping those boundaries, keeping true to them instead of, it's one thing I think to say, Oh yeah, Yeah. I got clear boundaries, but how do you actually honor them? Well, I'll just be fully transparent with you. I mean, I had this conversation with John, my partner last night, because Mm -hmm. I was planning on doing my run and I had a cold all week. So I wasn't really feeling that great. And he, the words came out of his mouth to me, like, Erica, you're not going to win any awards if you like push through this and feel miserable at the end of your run. And so he keeps me on track too. You know, I'm not like constantly the one who's able to reel myself back in, um, And so I think it's a, it's just a constant like check-in, like, and if I'm feeling, so feelings, I think are just an amazing kind of indicator of number one, where your thoughts are and number two, what's happening in your physiology. So thoughts, you know, trigger all kinds of feelings. Um, We know that they dump different hormones into our bodies and all of that. We don't really need to get into that, but it, most of us can say like, Ugh, I'm feeling tense or I'm feeling stressed or so whenever I start to notice that I try to like check in and say, all right, well, let me breathe. So like I have like a breathing practice, um, mm-hmm. even if it's just for like four rounds of breath um, and try to like reset um, and then ask myself like, even if I were to continue doing what I'm doing. So like, I'm thinking about something with my business last week. I remember being like me sitting in front of this computer, trying to push through this or trying to force this or trying to 
generate inspired ideas when I'm feeling like I'm in force energy, that's not going to work, you know? So like go outside, go for a walk, come back, see how things are. So I think it's a constant like check-in, um, noticing like your body's a perfect feedback machine. Like for me, I can totally tune into that. And I know most athletes are really good at it. Mm. And then sometimes just asking like, okay, well, what is, what is this telling me or what do I really need right now? Um, and then another question I'm bringing in the love thing again is what would I love? Um, because that shifts the energy. When you ask, what would I love? Even if you're going to decide to continue to work on the project or whatever, when you start to think, oh, I would love, you know, because like, I just asked myself that question. I'm like, well, I would love to be on a boat doing my work today, or, <laughs> with yeah. that, you know, and it's like, you can just kind of shift the energy by that question. Um, so it's, I would definitely, I would definitely say it's a practice. Yeah, I think it's one that we need to actively engage in, especially coming from the athletic world. We're starting to see a shift in the current athlete culture of honoring feelings, but I feel like we're coming from a place of the dark ages of yeah. suppressing feelings. Mm -hmm. It's like, cool, you feel that way? Suck it up. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite visuals when my coach is growing up, he'd, we were complaining, he'd say, I want you to take your hand, open your palm up nice and big, and I want you to make a fist. And you would like follow along, like, make a fist. And he's like, all right, now I want you to bring it up next to your eye. And we're just gonna like go back and forth with it like oh. this and just cry <laughs> about it. And we'd be like, ah. And the amount of times I fell for that as a kid, I was like, <laughs> you couldn't help but laugh. But I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> is that the best way? I don't know. Um, I know. I think honoring the feelings, using feelings as a flashlight to understand this is the next step. Um, I, I've noticed a lot through like burnout proofing or trying to change our physiology and our psychology to be proactive in how we're feeling burnt out. Like you and I have felt and experienced around our experience in the pool. Mm -hmm. It's like, if we can change one ourself to change the situation that we are in or three, change our relationship to the situation. And ideally if we can do all three of those, we're in a fantastic spot. But I think that's what you're hitting at there too with asking yourself, well, what would I love? and the situation how can I change the situation that's accomplished in that how can mm -hmm. you change your relationship to the situation it's like I think the beauty of being entrepreneurs that we are now and owning our own business and all that it's like well I could feel really inspired some days where I am right now in my room at my desk recording this conversation with you and then other days I need to tap in and say you know, I feel really boxed in when I'm in this room. I need to take my work to the coffee shop and actually be around a little bit more stimulus and honor that. It's, uh, it's definitely not easy. And it's nice that we have the freedom. We'll definitely yeah. acknowledge the privilege that comes with running yeah. your own show. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's just some, some thoughts that came to mind there. I love that. And I think, you know, all three of those questions are really important because again, it, you're not in the victim mindset. You're not in like, oh, this is happening to me and there's nothing I can do. You know, when you look at, I can change, you know, myself, mm -hmm. 
the way I think about this. I can change my situation or I can change my relationship to the situation. Like you said, I love that because with each of those things, you're, you're empowering yourself to be able to either think differently or make a different decision or, you know, shift in some way that you get to choose. Um, and so, yeah, like, I think definitely I agree with you. There's a lot of, um, freedom that goes along with entrepreneurship. And I also, I've seen it like with, even like with corporate clients, Mm -hmm. when you shift your mindset about stuff, things feel differently, you know? So, yeah. And I think you, you hit it earlier. You touched on understanding kind of like your baseline and like using that intuition athletes are higher proprioceptive responders than most and meaning like they understand where their body is in space and how they're tuning into that um one of the things too with when i'm saying changing yourself you can do so proactively by changing your physiology changing your perceived level of stress you with running is the perfect example a 16 mile run this morning probably it's a longer run but it's not the longest run you've ever done in your life so the perceived level of stress isn't quite what a non-runner would hear that and freak freak out and say that's <laughs> yeah. that's insane that's not me but at some point i would imagine at, you would have that same reaction of 16 miles sounds yeah. absolutely absurd on a random friday morning in mm-hmm. september why would, I, why would i do that like yeah. i got so much other things going on in my life how have, how have you started to train other areas in your life similar to how you've trained up to, I mean, we'll just give you a shout out. How many marathons have you done at this point in your life? Um, training for number 37. That's it? Yeah. <laughs> 37. So you weren't get- a runner at, at, no. at one point in your life. And now- no, I started running when I knew that water polo wasn't going to last. So. Yeah. It's incredible. How have you started to notice the parallels between marathon training and all the other areas in your life? Well, it's interesting. I was talking to one of my mastermind partners about this. And I think that, I think that athletes can really relate to this because what I did notice, and I mean, granted I had a baby and the physiology was all messed up for a while. Um, and, and, and so, but I did notice that my level of I don't know, maybe this is just an, a way of thinking that doesn't serve me. Cause I was thinking mm-hmm. about it later. I'm like, oh, this might be a paradigm that actually keeps me limited. Um, but I was thinking when I'm not doing something that I love like marathon training or when I'm not using my body in a way where I'm, I'm like, have that time and I'm like pushing myself and that kind of thing. I notice that my rigor for doing hard things in my business goes down. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because I'm like, I feel like the, the two kind of go hand in hand. And, I, and I'm saying this with full like awareness that this may not serve me. So I'm still, this is new awareness that I just had yesterday. So I'm like, Beautiful. I don't know if that like connection really helps me in terms of how I, because of course I can do hard things in my business. It doesn't have anything to do with my training. But, mm-hmm. um, but it's interesting because I think when I feel like, and I, and I think, this is something as a takeaway for most people, like athletes know how to do things that make them uncomfortable. Um, And again, 
there's no reason to just be uncomfortable for no reason. But if you're choosing discomfort in the interest of growth or choosing discomfort in the interest of your vision, um, it becomes a lot more meaningful. Um, and you're not just doing something just to check the box and say you did it. Um, I don't even know if that answered your question. I went on a little bit of um, a tangent there. I was about to say it, it brings up these images of your proactive. It makes sense that like your capacity to do hard things in your business, in your relationships, in your, in your life directly corresponds to your training, because that's the, that's the true language that you're the most well-versed in at this point. I feel yeah. like, you know what yeah. I mean? It's a lot of athletes relate to that. It's like, I don't know what the heck's going on in my life. I'm going to just go run it out or I'm going to totally. go, I'm going to go work it out and just like throw weights around shadow box, like a madman in my front yard. And just like, yep. no one sees me and thinks I'm a total weirdo. Oh my gosh. Totally. But totally yeah, I'm seeing, like, I, I know the benefit of it because what you're doing in that case is like, you're again, taking your power back and you're able to see like, oh, I, I can continually to choose hard things. And then when you're in the habit of doing that, you can see how that applies to these other areas. Whereas when we okay. kind of step back from that, it can be a little bit harder to make those connections mm -hmm. all the time. I think it would, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a limiting uh, belief at all. I think it's just something to be cognizant of and then yeah. set up something in place where well yeah maybe right after the marathon when your body needs time to recover but yeah your mind is sharp and you can set up some systems in place that feel like you're still moving the needle forward and feeling like you're growing because ultimately that's yeah. that's the feeling we're all chasing right. <laughs> as right. athletes yeah. it's like all right how am I going to grow today I love that well, and thanks for the coaching, Corey. Uh, that, <laughs> I didn't mean for it to go that way, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I really appreciate it. And it also kind of, it, it puts me in mind, like, so when we're thinking about like doing hard things or, you know, why we would continue to do what we do. I mean, that brings up that whole, like having a clear, and I know that you mm. are very clear on this, like, what is the why? Like, what's the why? So my why I have a why for my business. Um, mm. you know, I want to raise the consciousness of sport and impact thousands of athletes. Um, and, and, but I also have to be an example for my son of a way of, of being living. Um, mm -hmm. and part of that is being able to chase a dream and, and, and bring that into your reality. Um, and so the love part again comes in because it's like, is, you know, like being an entrepreneur can be hard. And if you're not in love with what the reason is for why you're doing it, um, mm -hmm. then it can be really easy to be like, forget this, you know, or, you know, we're, we're good at F as athletes at like torturing ourselves, making ourselves, you know, making our bodies tired and all of those things. But like when, when there's that like awareness of, of the reason for, and I think mm. that each of us has an individual, and I know that you speak to this all the yeah. time. Um, each of us has a, an individual purpose and some overlap, but it's as unique as your thumbprint. So, 
you know, getting clear on what that is. And, um, and I, again, I know that sounds, everyone talks about finding your purpose. I'm not talking about it like in a, like a woo woo sense. I'm kind of talking yeah. about it as like, you're talking about, you know, how just as athletes have good proprioception, we can also cultivate our intuition and that knowing. And when we're tuning into that part and that that's where the things start to click and where you see, like you start to open up and, and that feeling of, I love this, or this is something I really, you know, you yeah. get excited about. That's where I think the magic happens. Well, that's, that's flow, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. in that sense, it's, that's that peak state that we are after. And a, a couple of things came to mind, drawing on that analogy of like, well, when you're doing hard things, we need to fine tune that challenge skills, sweet spot. All It's going to be different for all of us, but there's yeah. that sweet spot of just enough challenge and we have just the right resources and skills in our back pocket that we we feel a little bit stretched, but not stretched too thin. And it's like yeah. a rubber band, like making sure it's not going to snap, but also making sure it's stretched enough where it will actually produce something and mm-hmm. some use. Um, but when we fine tune that challenge skills balance and get it right, and we do hit flow, mm-hmm. we see it carry over. It flows not mutually exclusive to just one area of our life it carries over to all areas of our lives and I think the athlete and just people in general can relate to that through aligned action like you know when the actions that you are taking on a day-to-day basis are in alignment towards that challenge skill sweet spot but even further up that stack for your why for your purpose and when you Mm -hmm are getting good at making sure that the actions that you're taking with the more consistency are going towards this, you can start to understand, okay, this struggle is purposeful in my life. I love how you brought up earlier of noticing that intuition coming up when you're trying to force something creative or, you know, like we have this book project coming out. So it's like, well, would it be the most powerful story to write if you sat there <laughs> and just tried to bang it out in yeah. a four-hour, five-hour period? Probably not. But if yeah. you were able to struggle up to a point of frustration, have the awareness and the intuition to notice that and say, I'm going to be better served if I take a walk now. I'm going to change mm-hmm. tasks or something like that. Again, how have you gotten good at that practice because <laughs> i think athletes understand struggle we're yeah. drawn to it and yeah. because we're drawn to it oftentimes what i've seen is we just live in it <laughs> we don't know anything other than that yeah and i'm right there with everybody like i think i, I am too i'm figuring yeah. <laughs> it out as we go right totally and so like this is something that it's just a constant like check-in i think like am I feeling creative? Am I feeling in flow? And, and I think, you know, there's a difference between like, Oh, you know, just chase your joy. Mm. Like you can decide, like I was listening to, when I was running this morning, I was listening to Lewis Howe's podcast and he had Rob Drydeck or whatever his name is. Yeah. Yeah. Deerdeck. That's his name. Thank you. 
Um, and he was talking about how his son was asking him to go to the park or something. And, and this struck me so much because I'm like, I need to do this. I could choose this. Because he said, um, he said, oh man, he's like, you know, I'm getting on a Zoom call. And, and he's like, oh, well, dad, can't you come to the park? And he was like, well, what did dad tell you about how it is to get on the Zoom call? And his son was like, it's like going to the park for you. And he's like, yeah. So I'm like, that's awesome. Like, <laughs> what if I brought that level of joy to every single task that I do, not only for my business, but also like, you know, with my son and for myself. So I, you know, I, I was like thinking about that. And then um, I think actually, after I heard that, my, my pace actually went up in my run because mm. I was like, that is so cool. I'm just going to be in joy for this run. <laughs> like, um, so, I, you know, it's a, it's a decision and it's a choice. Um, and you can't make a different choice if you don't notice that you're in it. Um, so I'm constantly yeah. noticing and going back and forth. That's, it's really interesting. I feel like when we, we look at feelings um, and emotions, it's really interesting to see like the impact on our physiology no, that actually no. occurs like neuro, neurologically, what's being going on in our brain, hormonally, what's being released throughout our system. Mm -hmm. um, there's been actually a lot of work done around mindset in relationship to Physio physiological benefits from yeah. workouts in general and what they found i'm not sure if, if you're familiar with this um it's we have that positive mind we have that joy in place you kind of saw a little bit of it we're actually way more likely to take long-lasting adaptive benefits away from that session whether that be a work session and like we're forming new neurological connections that way mm -hmm. or a workout it mm -hmm. directly impacts really how much benefit we can get from it so it, again kind of furthers that argument against like well yeah. do i force it because going through the motions actually doesn't give me the same amount of amplitude of right. benefits as if i was like really feeling it yeah yeah i love that and i think you know it's super powerful to think about even if you're talking about something creative especially if you're talking about something creative I mean we know like and and how I think if we're talking to loop it back to grace like mm -hmm. if an athlete knows that and you're in a workout and you're just like oh and for whatever reason you can't access the joy like you're maybe you didn't sleep all the night before whatever reason um to just be like you know what I'm calling it and I'm going to mm -hmm. try this again, you know, later or tomorrow or whatever. But then also like with the creativity, when you're in that state of joy, you are creative. You're, so your creative nature is opened up so you can just tap right in and things just come way quicker than they would if you were in the force. And by you, I mean me, this is a good reminder for me. <laughs> I think we're both getting a ton out of this conversation. And I know yeah. the people listening in are as well. Um, and it's, it's so cool to see the connection between like the woo woo spiritual side of things and the like masculine, like athlete, like let's alpha male, like let's go and do the things. Like, I love how you brought up the conversation of B versus do and I mean that's one of the things I've 
honestly kind of struggled with coming out here to LA is I'm realizing it can be the city of just be just go with the flow and I'm like that sounds awesome it also sounds like death to the perfectionist within me the doer in me and I'm like I'm just I'm frustrated um how how have you found an ideal balance or are you still finding that balance in in your sense um and what do you do when you notice that you're out of balance yeah well one of the things that when you're talking about like the perfectionist and like just the being and how that kind of brushes up I I can totally relate so one of the things that I think is really powerful with that is like choosing a state of being and then pairing that with a question like what's one step I can take in the direction of my goal or my vision or what and and so then it's action too so it's like too much of a good thing too much of anything is always you know it's Mm -hmm. all about balance and um i think when when we can be aware that there's you know okay so being is important it lets the sediment settle you can access your higher self and get creative and inspired ideas but if you don't act on them then nothing's gonna change so it's like it's like a that's one of my favorite questions like what can i do from where i am with what i have right now And sometimes it's like, what can I do in five minutes? Like even, you know, because if I know I only have five minutes, so like I I will ask my intuition and I'll make sure like I'm, you know, breathing and tuning into the breath to to calm my nervous system. Because if I'm in that, I'm not going to get an inspired idea. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, again, that's a practice too. Like I'm always practicing that. Um, But I think pairing the being with the inspired action, which, you know, that's different than your list of to do's. Um, And even with that, like I sometimes look at my list and say, what's jumping off the page to me right now when I'm Mm -hmm. in that state. Um, And I think that's a really powerful way to kind of guide things too. Um, But I would definitely say I'm not a master. I am still (laughs) a work in progress. Aren't we all? Aren't we all a work in progress? Erica, I feel like we could go on forever with this yeah. and we'll definitely have to do a part two where we really, because I want to double click on the the B, but with time constraints, I feel like yeah. we can't adequately go there to the level that I know we can. Uh, want to just acknowledge you for your time and your expertise and sharing your story. I want to ask you the fast five here is the first one. There, so these are rapid fire, one sentence, one word answers. Okay. To, they should be, I wouldn't say layups, but they're, they're, they're quick questions. First one <laughs> is what's your go-to podcast that you've really been jamming out to here? So I have to say that Smartless is one of my most favorite. Um, it's hilarious. And it's with Sean Hayes and Will Arnett and um, Jason Bateman. That's one of the ones that I listen to on my long runs. Awesome. I'll have to check it out on mine as I get back <laughs> into it get back into those um number two is favorite book that you've read in the past year i'm seeing behind you a whole wide variety is there anyone stand out so i feel like this is going to maybe sound a little odd but i've been studying this month the um power of decision by raymond charles barker and i just feel like that book is like i love it i love it and so that's that's what i would say for right now I love it. We'll have to check it out. What is um, one thing that you can't live without? Coffee. 
can't give it up. <laughs> I'm with you there. I've tried the caffeine cleanses and detoxes and yeah. I've always come back to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, man, what is really your one word focus at this point in time? I mean, when you asked that question, love just dropped in. Perfect. I see it as sensing it as a theme throughout this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and last one, what is one quote that you live by? I mean, Henry Ford's quote is so powerful. If you think you can or think you can't, you're absolutely right. Um, so I, I would say that one. You must be like coming from the, the mindset space or something. <laughs> yeah, you I love think? that. <laughs> I love it. Well, Erica, again, I appreciate you, the way you show up, the work that you're doing. 37 marathons is absolutely crazy. I'm trying to wrap my head around it. Where can people listening in keep up with you, the amazing stuff that you're doing, whether it's the training, the coaching, the projects that you got rolling out, where can they find you? Uh, thanks, Corey. Well, it's been a pleasure to be here. Every time I talk to you, it's always so fun. So I appreciate you having me. And um, Instagram is just Erica Fay, one word, and it's with a K, E-R-I-K-A. And I'm on Twitter too. And it's I Erica underscore LMFT. And Facebook is just Maximum Achievement Coaching. So it's, that's kind of a, a mouthful, but um, Instagram is great, great spot. Amazing. Amazing. We'll have it all linked below, Erica. Again, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate Thank your wisdom. You. I have a feeling you're going to be a reoccurring guest here, dropping some more knowledge again soon. It'd be my pleasure, Corey. Thanks for doing what you're doing. Of course. Appreciate you tuning in today. Erica is a lifelong learner, something that we really strive to be here at Forever Athlete. She's a featured co-author in the upcoming book project, Forever Athlete, How to Tap into Your True Identity Daily. Make sure you text us, call us 301-747-0718 to stay up to date, stay in the loop with all upcoming pre-order information and all things Forever Athlete. Remember, you're tuned into Forever Athlete Radio, where together we go far. I will see you all on Monday.